All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of your show. That's right, it's the Kickout Crew. We're on episode whatever, 60-something, and uh, just want to thank everybody for the outstanding feedback from last week's episode. Boy, uh, you know, all the positive feedback, comments, likes, everything, retweets, we just really appreciate it. I mean, hell, it's your show anyway, so, you know, reach out and do what you need to do. And if you like what we're doing, be a friend and tell a friend. But uh, that's enough of me rambling. I'm going to kick it on over to uh, Adam. So, Adam, uh, welcome our guest today. Well, first off, I want to give you guys a shout out for last week because I was on assignment. And I, I last minute kind of didn't get the show up, so y'all did, y'all guys did awesome last week. So I want to say thank y'all for you know covering everything. But um, I was able to reach out to Mr. Evan Polisher from Ad Free Shows. Um, he's kind of the man behind the scenes that kind of coordinates everything and keeps everybody in line. So we we're able to get him on and <clears throat> join us for a couple of matches. So um, Evan, if you want to say hello. Absolutely. Hey guys, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, that was the first time I saw that intro. That, was, that got me fired up. I like it. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for thinking of me and excited to be on with you guys. All right, cool. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. shout out JD Hoop. Awesome intro. <laughs> oh, he put, the, he put it together? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, and I uh, also got a bone to pick with whoever said I was stealing food off of people's plates at uh, Top Guy Weekend. That, that food was was provided or given to me. I was starving. Um, did not steal it off people's plates, but yes, I, I did welcome it when it was uh, offered to me. So that, that would be a brand. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that would be good me. Uh, did I use the word steal? Uh, maybe I did. <laughs> All good. But no, I was uh, absolutely starving and uh, appreciate whoever handed me their half rack of ribs. And I know Lindsay gave me a bucket of fries. So much appreciated. I can't say nothing. Brad gave me half of his pizza, so I can't say a word. <laughs> That's what community is all about, you know? Feeding each other. <laughs> Good stuff. So what's going on? Well, not a whole lot. So, uh, you know, uh, you picked a couple of matches for us yeah. to talk about. We'll be doing the kickout crew. We talk about a couple matches. We joke around throughout it. And um, the couple matches you picked, we're going to let James kick off the first one. So go ahead, James. Sure. Oh, what match is that? Well, it is Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan from Survivor Series 1991. <clears throat> it took place November 27th of 1991 in the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Had an attendance of 17,500. Had a match length of 12 minutes and 45 seconds. And Meltzer, your boy, gave it half a star. Yeah, banger on that That's one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, uh, um, why this match? Sure, sure. So, yeah, that, I mean, that was my peak fandom. Like, 89, anything 89, 90, 91 was, like, right in my childhood <laughs> wheelhouse. Obviously, was a Hulk maniac like most were. Undertaker uh, scared me to death when I was a kid. So, um yeah, and then all the stuff that have come out since then on the podcast and elsewhere about you know the the tombstone and hurting hurting Hogan and what did or didn't happen. So yeah, when I when I think back to that era, uh, that's one of the matches that pops in my head. So 
when Adam asked me a match, that's the first thing that came to mind. So I figured we could watch it together. I dig it. I remember this match because I was a big Hulkamaniac also. Yeah. And I remember the kids in the crowd just crying. I was crying with them. I can't even <laughs> lie. I was crying. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I was a uh, same thing, devastated as a as a Hulk fan. Um, but, but yeah, it should be fun to watch it. I haven't watched it in some years now, so look forward to watching it back. Well, uh, <laughs> what do you got there, James? Uh, just a Hulk Hogan uh, action figure, you know, big Hulkamaniac back in the day. <laughs> so uh, we actually got, we're not watching it per se. We're going to go ahead and break it down, though. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to, uh, first off, let's talk about this, Devin. So the championship is the fourth match on the card. Does this, is this normally something that closes the show? Yeah, I thought that was extremely odd that uh, it was put here in the center of the show. But I guess because of the Survivor Series theme, they wanted to have a Survivor Series match kind of end the show, is my guess to it all. With that, uh, the Macho Man versus Jake uh, Snake Roberts feud was really big at this time, so that was kind of played out through this entire pay-per-view. And that was uh, their match was the main event, so. So, Evan, I wanted to uh, touch with you on this because you did say yeah. that Undertaker used to scare you as a kid. Yeah. So we have the, we have the Undertaker entrance with Paul Bearer and the urn. Undertaker is supposed to be a scary heel, like you said, unstoppable heel. Looking back now, though, Evan, what yeah. do you think of it with 2023 eyes looking at this old Undertaker? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, like they've said on many times on the podcast, I, I think, uh, you know, it could have been a, could have been a silly, short, short-lived gimmick, um, like many others that we came across. But yeah, he was able to to make it work. Um, but the fact that he made kids my age feel something and be that terrified—I mean, that's pretty telling. That it made you feel something. Um, so yeah, I looking back, I I look fondly back at the the whole gimmick. Um, when I think about the Undertaker, that's the time period that I think about is his kind of first iteration of the character for sure yeah so we have hulk, we'll have a hulk hogan entrance here as expected real american james we already know what you think of this oh yeah what did you think of the crowd reaction though eh, i mean they right. they got up for him but you know it wasn't as crazy you could tell it's kind of waning at this moment definitely hulk hogan then destroying the casket <laughs> that was kind of interesting. He knocked uh, it over, for... picked it back up, and threw it right back down in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, do you think this was too soon for a championship match for Undertaker? He hadn't been around that long. No, because he was uh, he was getting over. So you got somebody like that. Why not give it to him when they when they can? Yeah, like lightning in a bottle, huh? Well, yeah. This is his one year anniversary right here. Yeah, so he he debuted a year before at Survivor Series, right? Right. Got it. So that, that's interesting, Evan. We're gonna I'm gonna go off the cuff here a little bit. So yeah. they, they had lightning in a bottle with someone like the Undertaker here, so they, they were all over it. Why not do the same thing with Cody and why not the same thing with uh, LA Knight? <laughs> yeah, I don't have the answer to that. Um, would seem seem to make sense, you know, the, the whole yeah movement and everybody's behind LA Knight, but I don't know why why they do or don't decide to to give folks the push when when the fans are clearly behind them wish i knew that answer but i do not no well neither did we last week for over uh, 45 minutes so <laughs> just wanted to know oh, what last week. 
Well, I mean, like money, money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, I, I just don't think you ever get that moment back. Like we were also talking about Sami Zayn as well because you're yeah. never going to be that hot ever again. And it, right. if it doesn't end up being something in the next night, then so what? You had that moment, like Daniel yeah. Bryan, you know, and yeah. But we were all we uh, shocked that uh, when Cody didn't win at Mania. I was shocked. Yeah. yeah. I thought for sure he was winning. So, James, who are the announcers? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. It's uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Two of the wow. best. Talk about a dynamic duo. You're so, right. we have a headlock by Hulk, shoulder to Hogan, Hogan on the outside, the facials by Hogan. Adam, I know we've talked about this before, but is Hogan an under? Is he an underrated seller? Yeah, it goes back to his days in Japan. I mean, I mean, you got to, you know, to break down the whole match. Look what they did during the match. What did they do? Punches, kicks, and clotheslines. That's all you got to do. And he made it look like Undertaker was killing him. So I mean, it, it's no, I, I forgot how good this match was. Even though it was a half a star or whatever the hell Jackass would give it, I give it at least three stars because Hogan made Undertaker look a million dollars. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we have Taker with the Hogan by the throat. Taker doesn't need to do a whole lot here, but we just talked about this, uh, Devin. Devin. This is going to be tough with Devin and Evan. Um, Devin, um, you don't need a, he doesn't need to do a whole lot to get a reaction, does he? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, during this time, he's pl- playing his character fantastic. He's got the crowd in the palm of his hand. He can look quick, just give a quick stare, a glance. The whole crowd is in shock just looking at him. It's a... Uh, it's pretty astonishing, honestly, looking back at it. Like you don't see anyone today playing a character as great as these two. So now how, Evan. Well, how geez. fast he was though. Well, hang on, during the match, y'all see how fast Undertaker's moving to be yeah. six foot ten, three hundred something pounds, how fast he is? He and he's so slow in between the moves. And then yeah, when, he, when goes he goes to at, like goes to do the move, he's so quick. By corner to corner, he's he's amazing how fast he is. Evan, are you a Bobby Heenan fan? And how do you feel about it, the way he stayed true to how much he hated Hogan through his entire career? Yeah, huge, huge Bobby fan. You know, Bobby and Gorilla is what I grew up on. So, um, yeah, super, super big fans of, of Bobby and Gorilla. And, yeah, didn't I guess I didn't realize when I was a kid at the time, like how much he, you know, stayed true to, like you said, to hating Hogan throughout his commentary career. But, yeah, it's true. He, he kept that – kind of going the whole time in WWF. And I, I wasn't a big WCW fan at the time. Did he keep that going in WCW? Well, that's what's really amazing. When Hogan turned heel, yeah. then, then he didn't turn face. And he said yeah. he, he, knew it all, he knew it all along. That's awesome. Yeah, it really cool. is. So Paul Bear is now getting involved. Body slam by Taker. Taker misses a big leg drop. Hogan throwing punches, clothesline. <laughs> Not knocking him down, though. Taker selling very little, Hogan reacting a lot. Mike, now we see it all the time when these uh, guys don't want to, they do a no sell. Was this kind of new here or was this, or would you have any other example of guys that did this back in this era? Well, I wasn't watching back then, so I can't tell you if it was new or not. Well, I mean, he was selling, he was selling because he was taking a couple steps back, though. I mean, he was selling a little bit, but he was giving that big man sell, like Boss Man, Andre. He would take that one or two steps back, but then kind of, you know, retract himself. So, I mean, he was selling a little bit, you know, but he was, he'd been doing that all the year before that. Yeah. Hogan chopping, bringing Taker around the ring on the turnbuckles. Hogan clothesline Taker out of the ring onto his feet. 
Hogan and Taker on the outside. Taker choking with the microphone cord around the neck. Apparently, this is not illegal, huh, James? <laughs> I guess not. Seemed like it happened in front of everybody, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think Paul Barron was trying to distract the ref, but I want to say the ref was facing, like, that way towards the action. It's amazing. He's, like, yeah. looking at him. The ref was looking at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adam, what does Paul Bearer add to this match, The Undertaker, and who was he before this? Tomato Percy Pringle. Yes, sir. So, um, oh, man, he added a whole different dynamic to The Undertaker. Just all he had to do was hold that urn. That's all he had to do was just hold it up. And that made The Undertaker just this mythic, almost a mythical person. And just just a little subtle, put his hand around their neck. That's all he had to do. I mean, he's not a big guy. He's not going to be the athletic guy. But all he has to do is these little subtle things, and it just puts these little different accents on everything The Undertaker is about. Taker manhandling Hulk in the ring. Paul Bearer involved again. Devin, have you ever seen this match? And if not, what did you think? Uh, so I saw it a few times when I was younger. I had a DVD of The Undertaker's Greatest Matches. DVD. So, <laughs> yeah, this was on there. So I, I did see this a few times. But I love going back and watching it. it I thought it was a great nostalgia act. How how old were you right here when this was matched? Perfect debut? question, Adam. Perfect. Uh, so... Survivor Series 91. I was born in November of 97, so it's six years before I started. <laughs> Negative six. Love it. <laughs> All right. More manhandling by Taker. Head in his hand. Hogan chance. Evan, is Taker the change the WWF needed at the time? Uh, I mean, at, at the time, they were – I mean, 91, they were still – I mean, it was still – Riding high, um, you know, Hulkamania was still, I think, running wild, even if it was, you know, sl starting to slow down a little bit. So I don't know if they necessarily needed a change at that time. Um, when did, uh, when did like the occupation gimmicks really start to come in? Like 94, 95? Yeah. Yeah, 93, 94, when Raw debuted. So was this, was this the first quote occupation gimmick that they had? And that's why they kept doing them. It worked so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None worked out quite as well, but, um, but you, yeah. made Abe, you made Abe knuckleball Schwartz didn't work out. <laughs> I'm just glad Glenn Jacobs was able to hang in there. There you that's go. Right. <laughs> counting two counts with Taker. Taker applying pressure. Claw hold on the forehead of Hulk. Let me tell you something, guys. This goes on for a while. <laughs> claw on the hand. Talk about a wrist point. Man. Uh, <laughs> Taker's eyes now go back. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've <laughs> we lost bread. <laughs> arm drop twice from Hebner to, to Hulk, like dropping the arm, dropping the arm again, and now he's hulking up. Kick and Taker. Y'all miss uh, that when they do that two thing and the third one, they keep it up. Yeah. It does I seem actually, like a lost spot. Yeah, that's old school stuff. I love it. But then you have a flying fist to Hogan. He's down. Now it slows down again. Now the urn's in the air. Tombstone pile driver to Hogan. And then the big nose cell. Mike, Hogan pops up after a tombstone pile driver? We've seen this move for decades. Was this a little outrageous for Hogan to be doing this, even though it's part of his character? Um, Yeah, you can say it was because it's, you know, I mean, putting down his the tombstone, so... It's making it not seem as strong as it could be. 
Jeez, oh man. I would have really said nobody's ever kicked out of it. And right after he does it, and then Hogan just stands right back up. Like, no. I, I would have it. Like if he'd have choke slammed him and he would have popped up, I'd have understood it better, but not the tombstone. So now Hawk's taking over. Looks like he's got control. Take her down to one knee. Crowd erupts when he moves to that one knee. Amazing, Alan, how something so little like this gets such a reaction, isn't it? That's storytelling, brother. I mean, because the Undertaker's really never been knocked down for the year he's been there. Then when Hogan drops into a knee, your, your hero finally knocks down that villain, that boss of the game, knocks him down. Yes. But then he gets right back up like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair on his way to the ring. Okay. Uh, distracting, distracting Hogan from the leg drop finisher. How about the black robe, Devin? Are you a fan of the robe of uh, Mr. Flair? I'm a fan of every robe that Mr. Flair has had. Uh, he's always been that flamboyant, beautiful, looking like a real heel champion. I kind of want to touch on that really quick. You you seem confused why he was coming out here. But earlier in the show, um, earlier on this pay-per-view, they showed a promo from a couple weeks ago of uh, – it was a uh, – I forgot what it was called when Paul Bearer had his backstage segment. But, funeral uh, parlor? Yeah, the funeral parlor. Yeah. So during that, um, uh, the two of those guys had an altercation, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, talking about who the real world champion is. So I feel like that's why Flair was down here. to. Really I, watched that, I watched that part too, and I noticed they blurred out the big goal mm-hmm. on the Peacock Network. You know, I don't know why they did that. I don't know. I uh, I heard that like we've we've all heard about that when uh, Ric Flair brought the WCW championship over to uh, WWF, and then I eventually heard that Ric Flair started using the older tag team titles. So maybe at that time it was the tag team, and they're blurring it to try to like act like it was. I don't know. But. So we have a big boot to take her from Hulk. Another distraction from Paul Bearer. Taker has Hogan, Tombstone Piledriver onto the steel chair from Flair, into the pin. One, two, three. Now, I'm going to go ahead and kick it to a question for uh, Mr. Evan Polisher from our good friend from Australia, Ben Jones. Sure. He wants to know, my question for Evan is this. How was Hogan able to get up from this brutal tombstone onto a chair? Even better question, considering the – the stories that have come out after the fact of, of him, uh, you know, what do you say? He broke his neck or like some, something severe. So, yeah, don't know. Don't know how he did that if he was that that hurt. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I don't notice these things as much as uh, some of these guys. I try to live in the moment, but <laughs> they, they, bring, they bring me right back down to earth for sure. So there oh. is a healthy mix of cheers and boos here, though. A healthy mix of cheers and boos. Uh, long live the Undertaker. Now we're attending to Hogan in the ring. Hulk Hogan looked like he was crying to the crowd. Or there was the fake Hulk Hogan in the crowd. I don't know if everybody saw that. That was crying. <laughs> Hogan down for a while, and there was just a lot of commentary. And that is the match. So what is it that you – do you remember the match or just the, just the whole the, – how much you love the characters, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember – as you were going through the match, like I don't remember different spots of it. I really just remember. I mean, I remember the flare interference with the steel chair and the tombstone on it, and um, you know, Taker winning winning the championship. I I'd be lying if I said I remembered some of those spots in there. The claw thing is funny. Um, yeah, so I really just remember 
you know, puts me back to being a kid. And um, like I said, I remember the finish, but not, not much else. Gotcha. Yeah. There wasn't much, there wasn't much else in the match anyway. Yeah. So yeah I was going to say with a, with a half a star rating, I, I don't know if I, yeah, there was too much to forget, but. Hey, listen, listen. My favorite match of all time is Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 2. And it's uh -huh. only because of my age and where I was and, yeah. and where I was in my fandom. Yeah. Uh, Elvira on the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, does, it doesn't get too many stars. So that's okay. That's yeah. back when Brad was in college. So that's why he remembers oh, yeah. that so well. <laughs> uh, well, that's the match. So uh, back to you, James. All right. Well, uh, Rocking and rolling, uh, you know. That was a fun match. A lot of rest spots, but uh, <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> but hey, do we want to hit a topic or uh, what are we? What do we got going on? Uh, well, we know that uh, our good friend Evan is on a time crunch, so we're going to go ahead and just uh, we can go ahead and, and see what Evan has to say. If any, if any, uh, anything he would like to riff about today. On the spot. On the yeah. spot. <laughs> no, I mean, I um, I know there were some questions about. Top Guy Weekend and how that all comes comes to be. Um, so happy to happy to answer some of those, or if we want to wait till later, um, we can do that now for sure. Your call. Let's do that now. Sure. Can I start us off with one, Brad? Oh, before fine, we even Evan. get to Top Guy Weekend, Evan, I'd like to ask you: How did you get involved with this entire ad-free shows community? <laughs> Great question. Uh, so yeah, it, I'll I'll try to spare some of the details, but essentially. Uh, when Conrad, you know, uh, Bruce's show first started getting really popular, I uh, was, was a fan of it. Just listened uh, on my way to a sh shitty commuting work. I, my commute was 90 minutes each way. So a lot of time for podcasts and sports talk radio, et cetera. But anyways, um, social media is my background uh, and saw that they had a presence on Twitter and, and had an Instagram account, but really didn't do much with it um, on the Instagram side. So just had reached out through Twitter, uh, Conrad's DMs at the time. And lo and behold, he, he got back to me. And um, one thing led to another, but essentially I was just running their Instagram as a, just as a fan. And um, th that spawned into some other shows like what happened when's Instagram and some other social. So, Long story short, that, that led to some other opportunities in the wrestling podcast space. I worked with uh, Sean Mooney. I was kind of his right-hand man for two or three years uh, during his podcast, Prime Time with Sean Mooney. Uh, did, did some brief spots with um, Lillian Garcia had a podcast. Um, Terry Runnels had a podcast. I was just trying to get my foot in the door with, with some other folks um, and kind of figure out if this was a – you know, a hobby or if I could actually figure out a way to make some, some money out of it. But fast forward to November, 2019, um, reached back out to Conrad. Sean Mooney's podcast had started to wind down and um, just reached out to see, Hey, is there any you know revenue making opportunities that are in the works or that you're thinking about? And lo and behold, he had just started to think about what we called the super Patreon, where we're bringing all of his shows under one, Patreon instead of having them um, fragmented to separate Patreon. So uh, he says timing is everything. Um, I think timing is just the key to this whole thing. He had this, this um, idea had just started to come about. I had reached out right at that time. They were looking for somebody to kind of take the ball and run with it. 
and um, yeah, all the stars aligned. And then obviously a couple months later, um, the pandemic hit, which, you know, couldn't have been better time. It's funny to say that, but couldn't have been a better time to launch at free shows because everybody was at home looking for an escape, looking for some entertainment. So yeah, man, long, long story short, I think timing is everything with, with everything. So um, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. So I want to jump on that pandemic thing uh, yeah. because that is interesting. Now, were those Zooms like developed with uh, with the celebrity uh, wrestling celebrities because of the pandemic? Was that something that was done before regularly or is that is that like kind of a new concept? Yeah, to be honest, at least from my perspective, I had never even heard of Zoom until the pandemic hit. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was such an integral part of everybody's personal and professional lives. Uh, yeah. So when we first launched ad free, the, kind of the top two uh, levels, you know, there was nothing about doing live Q and A's or live watch alongs. It was really the, the annual get together and some merch and um, a, a couple other, you know, top level perks. So that came about because of, because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. So that zoom got popular. Everybody was using it. Everybody was familiar with it. And then we decided, Hey, why not, why not bring some of the hosts on? Why not bring some special guests on? So, um, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, it's just so genius now. It really is because now it's like the way to do it because you're yeah. saving money, time. Yeah. I, it, you don't have to go to a place and wait in line to talk to Rick uh, Rick Flair. Yeah, I mean, Rick yeah. Flair for 30 seconds and pay $100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you have you have six or seven of these a month or five, whatever it is. Some months are different than others. But yeah. We get to interact like that. And, and for the most part, we all, if we want to talk, we can. It's a great thing. It really is a great yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's good, you know, from the, from the talent's perspective, they can do it for, from the comfort of their couch. They're not flying somewhere or have to make a connecting flight or you don't have to pay them a, you know, travel lodging fee. So yeah, it, it obviously there's nothing better than being face to face in person with somebody. But I think this is the, that's not feasible for a lot of these folks. Um, and to bring a group of folks on with somebody, I mean, the zooms are, you know, to me that there's really an interactive way to, to talk with folks you grew up idolizing. Yeah. 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 Jeff Jarrett would not know my name by, by seeing him once a year. Uh, for five minutes. He, I yeah. said, Hey, it's Brad Stanton again. He goes, yeah, Brad, I know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, there, there's some that we've done that are obviously more engaging and more fun and whatever than others, but that that's going to happen uh, if you do enough of them. So, yeah, I, I think Eric, for instance, is Eric, Eric's always super. I, I always tell Eric he's the MVP. I, I feel like he'll do anything we ask him to do. He'll you know go above and beyond. He's super engaging, super interactive, um, and really. Uh, really seems to enjoy himself. So when he's enjoying himself, I feel like the the members enjoy themselves too. Yeah, and that's Eric Bischoff, by the way, for the people at home that don't know, he's just just a small thing, a creator of the NWO. Okay. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> How has that been for you, going from knowing these guys as the Eric Bischoff, the creator of the NWO, to now having his phone number and can text him whenever you want or work yeah, with him every single day? Good question. Yeah, Eric is, uh, speaking of Eric, he's probably the most surprising going into this whole thing. Like, um, I, I didn't know any of these guys, but I just I just pictured him as kind of his on-screen persona or what folks were saying about him. You know, he was, you know, just being the boss of Nitro or whatever. But 
like I said, he couldn't be a cooler, nicer, down to earth guy. My wife and I were down in Florida this February and he was down there visiting uh, with Garrett and his grandson. And we ended up meeting her, him and Lori at a brewery and kicking back and having a few beers, which was, yes. Sometimes it's like, wow, this is, this is really weird and really cool. <laughs> like I was showing my friend that wrote, like I was with him and road dog was texting. I was like, this is weird, man, but so <laughs> cool. Yeah, I don't take it for granted by any means. Um, but yeah, most most of the folks that I've dealt with in these last two or three years have been nothing but cool. That's Got awesome a question, here. question here from Lindsay, the cupcake girl. I think you know who she is. Yes, she wants to know if you. She wants to know if you need her to get you any more fries. <laughs> I was hungry, god damn it. <laughs> busy weekend for you, man. It's a busy weekend. So yeah, you you uh, earned those damn fries. You weren't your ass off. You earned them fries. Yeah. I got no, a number no. a number of questions from Amy Vaughn. Uh, I mean you I saw that one. tweet. I was like, yeah. man, I better start preparing I'm some answers. Read it. You do what you want, okay? Question <laughs> for Evan. What is a typical day like for him? How do you plan Top Guy Weekend? When do you start? Do they keep a central theme? How do you decide on the talent? So let's start with what is your typical day? Yeah, typical day. Um, I guess it's, you know, making sure, uh, you know, first and foremost, I think the first check of the task list is to make sure content is kind of mapped out and scheduled, or at least I know when it's coming for the day to make sure that that gets um, posted and scheduled and, and all that. So, Work closely with Silva and some of the other producers to, you know, get a sense of when stuff is getting recorded, when it's going to be uploaded. Um, so, so for folks that don't know, you know, we, we obviously produce a version for the main feed that has all the ads and spots in it. But then we got to we got to have a stripped out version for ad free without any of the spots. So sometimes that's why it might take a little longer than I would hope to, to get that ad free version up because the producers have to create a whole separate version of it. Um, but yeah, long story short, making sure stuff is um, not only produced, but published or scheduled, making sure it gets promoted across socials. Um, but yeah, then another huge part of it is just kind of the project management coordination of it. So trying to line up guests, trying to line up schedules, trying to line up interviews or conversations, trying to trying to track down Conrad, trying to get a hold of his schedule and see when we might be able to sit down and record some folks. So I think uh, the project management and moving pieces is is a huge part of my day-to-day -day role. Does that, that answer your question? Uh, yeah, or, uh, question? I would say so. <laughs> so then she says, how do they – how do you plan Top Guy Weekend? And I, I like this the question right after this. Like, when do you start, right, start with this? When do you start planning Top Guy Weekend? Cool. So I'll I'll use this year as the example because um, it's fresh in my mind. So I know we we announced the date um, in January that it would be in late June, uh, but I would say the the heavy lifting probably started um, maybe late late March early April. And just starting to starting to slowly plan out what we could or who we could get. A lot of like the AEW folks, typically this year more than ever, uh, we wouldn't really know what their schedule is until maybe a month or a few weeks out, which makes it much more challenging. 
um, just because they don't know their schedule. But yeah, this year we we got thrown some real big curveballs with the AEW. Uh, not only going announcing Forbidden Door that Sunday, but then announcing a whole new show on Saturday. So um, yeah, knew that some of those guys wouldn't be there. Super super excited. Jeff was able to to make it down for Sunday. Um, but yeah, late March, early April is when it started to really kick into gear, and then the last I'd say the last eight weeks, it's kind of full steam ahead. So. Going back to your last question of day-to-day in, in the life type stuff. I mean, those last eight weeks, Top Guy Weekend was my life, um, yeah, leading up to the event. So that kind of answers the question of how kind of, you know, how you decide to bring in talent. I mean, well, I mean, let's talk about this year was different. It was an Alabama. Yeah. It wasn't surrounding any kind of event. So can you just talk a little bit about that, how you decide on what talent to bring in? Yeah, so this year was was different for a number of reasons. We were kind of forced uh, to think outside the box, which I think in the end worked out really well. I know folks um, had had provided feedback in years past that they wanted more interactive stuff, more community stuff, more time with each other. Uh, so I think we really leaned into that this year. A based on the feedback we got, but also we were kind of our hands were kind of forced. Uh, we were in Huntsville. We were not piggybacking AEW, um, so like Sting wasn't in the other room where we could say, "Hey, Sting, come, come here." Um, and then the whole AEW Forbidden Door Collision thing threw another wrinkle in it. So we're kind of forced to get creative, get out of the box. Uh, luckily, there were folks in in either Nashville or Atlanta that were a drive away. Uh, like Road Dog was a couple hours away. Jeff was obviously in in Tennessee, uh, Ricky Morton and Dr. Tom were, were drive away. So, um, yeah, the, the folks we did get, we were able, a lot of them were able to drive down, which obviously cuts down on expenses and whatnot. Um, but yeah, once we knew we, we want to do a wrestling fantasy camp, I think Dr. Tom was a, you know, uh, an obvious get to get to host it. And he had done it in the past. So that was a, thought that was a home run um, and Conrad said he wanted to do a conversation with Conrad and we knew you know one of the best minds in the business was Kevin Sullivan and who hadn't really done much in recent years so uh, getting him on board was was awesome uh, scheduling that was was interesting he lives off a island off of Seattle so to to get him from an island off of Seattle to Huntsville was was a pleasure. <laughs> um, but yes, super cool guy. Hopefully you guys got a chance to meet and chat with him for a minute. And we obviously have a new show, um, cheap plug, but Tuesday with the Taskmaster starts uh, this Tuesday. So, um, and Conrad is hosting it, which I'm super thrilled about. Plug away, man. Plug away. That's what we yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, we were kind of forced uh, to get creative this year, but I, I think, like I said, I think it ended up um, good in the long run. So I think you kind of answered her other question here. Were there any plans yeah. that fell through? Because a lot fell through, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that comes to mind is Tony. Uh, you know, this is um, this all started as kind of a well before ad free shows. There was his Patreon with his uh, top supporters, and then the first years of Top Guy Weekend, it was kind of. Um, bringing in his, I think they're called low key big hogs. So, which we did this year too. Um, 
but then to hear that he couldn't come at all, you know, that, that was certainly a, a wrinkle in, in plans. But yeah, we would have loved to have JR there and, and Arn, et cetera. So that was that was the big wrinkle this year. And then the last question from her, man, she's no joke, huh? <laughs> um, was there anything that you thought was gonna be like, what are we even doing here that worked perfectly? Uh Good question. So I think the the fantasy camp I thought would be fun and interactive. I candidly thought some of it would be a complete disaster, just funny, funny disaster of some of the folks just having absolutely no clue. But man, I was impressed by 99% of the folks that got in there. A, to have the courage to get in the ring anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I was impressed by some folks that, you know, th just their ability. So I thought it would be, even if it was a disaster, I, I knew it would be fun and interactive and folks would be having a good time, but I was impressed by, by how well some of the folks did. And um, after it was over, speaking of the fantasy camp, once Top Guy Weekend was over, Conrad made a good point to me. It's like, it's so cool that the community is what it is where folks, you know, folks wouldn't have gotten the ring and kind of, done that in front of strangers or folks that they weren't comfortable kind of being vulnerable to. So it just spoke a lot to the community and how everybody good or bad was, was cheering each other on and being, being their biggest supporters. So really put it in perspective after the fact. All right. Well, that's it for the, those questions. Would you, I have a, would you rather just made out just for you, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Give it a shot. Sure. <laughs> All right. Would you rather, have a speaker not show up for Top Guy Weekend last minute or have one totally bomb? Hmm. Um, whew. What's option C? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess the, I guess totally bomb if I had to pick one. Um, knock on wood somewhere, but we had, that's one thing that we have not had is we haven't run into, I'm going to knock on wood again. We have not run into any like major travel issues or no shows or anything in the three years we've done it. Like the, the planning has been the most challenging part. Um, but once we're there, obviously it's still stressful and challenging, but everything has worked kind of according to plan for better or worse. You know, some things are better than others, but we haven't run into any major travel snags or no shows. So, um, to answer your question, yeah, I'd rather have somebody bomb than no show because then I would freak out of what the hell are we going to do now. All right, great. <laughs> yeah. All right, so next one. Now, you have a lot of Zooms, a lot of celebrities. Some have had nine guys attend. Some yeah. have had hundreds. Would you yeah. rather have a more intimate setting with that, like a 30 or less, or do you like the hundred or more people showing up for one of these? So I think it's cool when it's more intimate that, you know, folks have a chance to, we're not rushing folks along to try to get to everybody's question. We're not, you know, they feel like they can take their time and ask more, one or more additional questions. Uh, but from a perception standpoint, it's always cool, you know, that we have a hundred folks show up versus someone comes on and there's six people there. So um, <laughs> I think it's a better, to, to answer your question, I think it's a better experience for it to be more intimate, but from a, you know, just like a, a perception and reputation or whatever you want to call it standpoint, it's it's always cool when there's a, a shitload of people there. 
you know, apologize for swearing if this is a PG show. Oh, it is not, <laughs> not <PG>. at all. <laughs> uh, personally, though, I am always shocked to see how many people come to some of this, like where you get a lot of people at some, and I, I, I can't believe it sometimes. I, I'm sure it shocks you too. Like, I can't believe there's this many people here for this and not this many people here for this, right? That has to happen, right? Yeah, the, the, the thing that's always probably the most surprising thing about ad-free since we've started it is that there's like so many folks that subscribe to those top two tiers. I'll take the, the $49 tier, for example. Like, there's so many people on there that, I have never attended a live recording. I've never attended a Zoom. Um, you know, it, I, I pr obviously appreciate their support, and they're they're supporting for their own individual reason. But yeah, I would think I would think some of these would be appointment viewing or appointment seeing. Um, but yeah, it, it's typically you know we get obviously the 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 core cast of characters that join a lot of these, um, and then. You get some other folks here and there, but yeah, it's, it's surprising to me that we don't we don't see more of the the top supporters on some of these. All right, two more, and these are real easy and fun. Okay. Would you rather sing at Rebels Karaoke or be part of the game event? Oh, easy game event. I would. Oh. I would. I singing karaoke just. Oh man, don't even want to think about me up there trying to sing. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Finally. Definitely the, the game. And I get to the chance to win some win some prizes. So. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Efren, uh, with the game event only on the premier streaming network. There we go. And finally, who has the better food, the boot or Dave and Buster's? <laughs> uh, the answer is the boot, but at the time. Man, that, that Dave and Buster's ribs really hit hit the spot. So, no, the uh, the boot, the wings at the boot, and their fries are my go-to every time I'm there. Do you guys eat eat at all oh, yeah. while you're there? Yeah, yeah, pizza. yeah, yeah. The pizza's good. Um, yeah. So, hopefully that answered those questions. anymore. more? <laughs> uh, back to you, James. All right. So, what do you want to do next? We next match two. Do you have time for match two, Evan? I do. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. After that, we'll let you roll. Okay. All good. Oh, what match is that? Oh, I'm glad you <laughs> asked. It is The Rock versus Mankind from WWF Monday Night Raw. It was taped on December 29th, 1998, but aired January 4th of 1999 from the Worcester Central in Worcester, Mass. Had an attendance <laughs> of 10,668. Had a match length of 8 minutes and 48 seconds and didn't find the Meltzer rating. So, there's that. <laughs> wow, that match was only 8 minutes long. <laughs> right? There was a lot happening in the main lot, Yeah, there was a lot going on. 8 minutes, holy crap. Big time. So, Evan, why this match? Uh, uh, this one was easy. I was there. Uh, this was, you know, growing up, this was the best night of my entire life. Um, so my, it was a group of like six of us that uh, one of the, one of my buddies, his dad worked as, uh, worked, um, what am I trying to say? He's 
sold t-shirts and whatnot at, at the Worcester Centrum. So before the event, we got to go backstage. Uh, we got to meet. We met The Rock. We met Stone Cold. We met Mankind. We met Road Dog, Edge, Kane. Like, it was, my God, I was in absolute heaven. Um, so if it was just that, that would have been, you know, a night to never, never forget. Uh, but, yeah, then to have probably the most iconic win or, or moment ever in Raw history happen in Worcester of all places is, is pretty crazy. So yeah, I was there. Oh, wow. I was freaking out. Um, yeah, just awesome. Awesome memories. I actually have some pictures of me with some of those guys uh, here in my office, but um, yeah, somehow I lost the one with Rock and, and Stone Cold, but I swear I met him. The Rock, <laughs> the rock smelled like tuna. I remember that. <laughs> man, what a moment what a yeah. moment to be there man it was awesome i had a follow-up question about that but i don't think i need to on this one what was that <laughs> <laughs> like tuna no we were in we were in catering um yeah i was just making sure may young wasn't around <laughs> there it is yeah that's that's good for a retweet huh <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find that picture. Hold on one second. All right. Yeah, that's good for a retweet. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> James, you said that this show was taped like a week in advance, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. So if, if I was Evan in his shoes, I'd be telling everyone the results for the next <laughs> Make sure you're watching Raw. Make sure you're watching Raw. Can you imagine being that young and being, being a part of just all that and getting pictures with all them guys? That's amazing. Yeah, so I don't know if you could see this. This is, uh, I, I made sure to made sure to put myself right next to um, right next to every wrestler. This is Al Snow. I don't know if you can see it. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, I won't go through them all, but uh, but yeah, the I think I heard one of you guys talking. It was taped, and it was an absolute blizzard that night too. So another memorable part of that night. It was. We probably got a foot, foot and a half of snow. I think Road Dog had a hardcore match out, out in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of things to remember from that night for sure. So without spoiling the finish, one thing I was saying was uh, at, after the show, I'd been telling everyone to, to make sure you're watching Raw next Monday. Make sure you're watching Raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was the butts and seats night, right? Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. funny you say that. That'll put butts in seats. Devin, as someone who knows, who was not, who was way too young to appreciate this at the time, how do you view all the politics that this has changed, you know, how this changed wrestling? How do you view it as someone who was three years old that didn't have a clue? Well, uh, I, I don't really understand the question as the politics. What do you, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we, they, so the idea was that Eric Bischoff didn't want anybody to watch this show. So he was telling everybody the results so they wouldn't change the cha channel from Nitro. But then well, everybody I, changed the channel. <laughs> I think it's kind of disrespectful or like unlawful to be telling the other companies' results, especially on your live show. So, yeah, I, looking back at it, I feel like the Eric Bischoff definitely shouldn't have done that, and it probably would have turned out better for him if he won those. So Mankind's entrance, Mick Foley, Mankind, I'm going to switch it back and forth here. DX right behind him. Evan, are you a huge DX fan? Uh, I was, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the, I mean, I remember on the bus, we'd always do the the whole road dog spiel, ladies and gentlemen, like 
go through that whole whole spiel. So yeah, definitely a DX fan. My my favorites. I mean, during that time, I was huge, obviously huge rock and Austin fan. But I'd say I'd say DX is probably third on that list at, in that era. Mm-hmm. The rock entrance with the entire corporation. We have the big boss man. We have Kane. We have Shamrock. We have Test. We have Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon. This is quite the group. What'd you think of this, Mike? Um, I thought it was interesting. I did like the corporation. And with all them coming out, you had DX there, so you had to have somebody to back them up. <laughs> For sure. James. What's up? Come on, baby. Who are the announcers, and where is Jim Ross? Jim Ross was taking some time off at this time, so we had... Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. Man, Jim Ross, uh, one thing he always talks about is how he wished he could have been here for this. So it's a shame. But, you know, punches by the rock, tells the corporation to stay out of it. They are already on the outside. Adam, there is nothing uh, polished about mankind. Why would Vince get behind a character like this? Well, that's the thing, because the next week he comes out, and he and mankind talks about how nobody had anything to do with him except for Jim Ross. And so Jim Ross actually, he kind of put himself on the line for this guy. And then he just kind of like just got over on his own pretty much. Because yeah, he, he everybody, everybody showed his effort. I mean, he tried harder than almost anybody, probably. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, give the man a shot. Why not? Caution of the wind for sure. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Rock throws mankind over the steps. They're slugging away. And then he throws steps on his back. Oh, man. Chairs over his head. Devin, who's your favorite corporation and DX members? <laughs> uh, my favorite corporation member was probably Test. Saw him standing out there holding the Rock's championship. He's looking like a stud. He probably had potential. Mm-hmm. And DX, my favorite has always been Road Dog Jesse James. I think he'll, he'll always be one of my top five favorites. Good answers. Good answers. Evan, I got a complicated question for you. Okay. We all have our opinions about a tape show and a live show. Now, we all blame Tony for the butts and seat comments. But in fact, the WWE published on their website the day it happened that Mankind won the championship. Why would they do something like this? To be honest, I didn't know that. I didn't know they posted it on their website. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, as a as a way or, or an approach or strategy to get folks to, I guess, tune in and and um, watch it happen. So, I guess it's a, another way to look at it versus, uh, you know, tune in to to be surprised to see what happened versus, hey, something huge happened um, on the show. Here's what it is. Like, tune in to to watch it. I don't know. So we all we all we all know that like internet wasn't what it was back in 1999 right. it is now so but at the same time it seems like here you have eric bischoff on one hand thinking he's hurting the company or their company by leaking this but yet they yeah. already leaked it i it blows my yeah. mind yeah no, I, <laughs> I admittedly didn't know that they leaked it themselves uh i obviously knew about the butts and seats and wcw leaking it but did not know that wwf leaked it themselves what do you got adam i, I got i got you an idea maybe it's because Title changes wasn't real big on Monday Night Raw. So maybe it was kind of like, well, hey, we actually have a title change on Monday Night Raw. Y'all should come check it out. Because it wasn't a big thing back then. Yeah. No. Uh, it's just very interesting. Um, 
So now we have um, a back body drop to mankind onto the outside. Mike, does this guy know how, like, onto the, all right, so the back body drop on the outside on top of the announce saber, does he know, like, that there's a ring in the, anywhere here, or these guys just hang out on the outside? Sometimes I don't think he knows there is. And if so, he don't, he don't want to be in there. <laughs> so now Rock grabs the headset and gives commentary. James, how clever is this? I like it. I thought it was cool. And then, uh, cause he's like, uh, mankind, you know, you're thirsty, you need some water, and he takes a big swig, and then mankind hits him, and he does the spit take, you know. And then uh, <laughs> mankind grabs it and puts it on. I thought it was funny. I thought so too. He drinks water. <laughs> mankind punches the rock. Lawler's funny as hell here as well. Now and then, mankind has the headset. It's all good stuff. Uh, I made a mistake there a minute ago. I got confused on the outside. Rock bottom onto the announce table was what actually happened. I apologize there for that, guys. Um, and I was going to say to you, Adam, how career shortening is this? Going through a table? Yeah. You've done it a few times, right? Yeah. As an I injury mean... performer. <laughs> well, I can't. I don't want to tell you without giving away all the secrets. <laughs> Here we go. You mute yourself. You're, Every you're done. Time. <laughs> I'll race for the mute button, but I ain't gonna do it. No, I mean I'll, I'll tell you, going through a table ain't as bad as what you think. I'd rather go through a table than get hit with a chair, or get hit with a kendo stick. Give me a break with that kendo stick nonsense. They Freaking hurt. does I'm not hurt. You. I want to get hit with one next Top Guy weekend. Evan, okay. set it up. Setting it up. <laughs> yes, Extreme rules. I, was, I, was I got kicked in the ball this stick. one. You know what's the difference, huh? <laughs> That was awesome, by the way, man. Yeah. I popped for that. that I, was so fun. funny story. I tried to let Evan know ahead of time that I wanted this to happen. He looked at me like I had three heads. He didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> luckily, luckily, we had some time left over. <laughs> yeah. No, the, man, the Amy promo and kicking you in the nuts. And, man, that was so fun. Yeah. She well, got maybe not fun for you, but she, got she, uh, she laid in good or what? She, uh, she did not miss one of them. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, by the way, just getting out of the ring, I, I, heard, I hit the other one. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, that's why we had to find a waiver form. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's Brian Haremza just for some reason. Shout hey, guy. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a lot of quiet. <laughs> Talk about a podcast. Oh man, this is what we do, man. All right, there, there's quiet commentary, and they're finally in the ring. Rock punching. Devin, is this a wrestling match or is this a production, pal? Right. Uh, yeah, it's a wrestling match, but the whole thing—it's just cinema. Like you can't take your eyes off it. Though there's action going around everywhere. Mankind's got people backing him up. Rock's got people backing him. It's great. The whole thing was great. Yeah. Mankind falls into the ring. Scoop slam to mankind. Rock drops the corporate elbow. Now, Evan, is this the most electrifying move in uh, sports entertainment today? Absolutely. <laughs> Freaking ridiculous. The corporate <laughs> elbow. Uh, the corporate shoulder up for mankind. Don't know how he was able to kick out of this since, you know, he's been hit with six chairs. But the elbow, you know, <laughs> watch out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging neckbreaker from Mankind. Championship belt to the face of Foley. Mike, did the crowd think this was it? I thought so. A lot of the other ones did. I'm telling you. It looks like a finisher. It does. DDT onto the belt from Mankind to the Rock, but he's out at two. Now we have Mr. Socko. Adam, how many Mr. Sockos do you have 
And is the mandible claw a good finisher? Um, it's none of your business how many sacos I have. <laughs> and the mandible claw is actually a very hard ass finishing move. Take your two fingers and take it under your tongue and push down. See how see how long you last. Oh, huh. oh, oh, push down harder. <laughs> that was hard. Got a sock in there too now. Mandible claw. Did they did the opponents pass out or did they tap out when they did it? I tap out because that. <laughs> I don't know if it was supposed to make him unconscious or the pain was so bad they tapped out. I, I, I think the sock is so bad ways, it made I me think. tap out. <laughs> <laughs> so now we got a sock is bad. The chair to the back of mankind from uh, Shamrock and freaking like a freaking nut job. Billy Gunn in the ring, just freaking taking over and making sure that ended, which I love. Yeah. And then, and then the glass shatters. That pop oh, this is a shit. James, oh, James, awesome. James. That is pop. Biggest, biggest pop in uh, Raw history. It got to be damn close, right? If not, you know. 1A, 1B type thing. I can't really think of anything else that was that loud. Maybe Dolph's cash-in was loud, but this is, like, iconic. Like, this is huge. You could, The floor probably fucking, you know, caved in a little bit for people jumping and shit. Evan, well, you were there. Like, like, how loud was that? Yeah, I was going to ask, how was it being yeah, there? Evan, you were there. I didn't know that. So what was it yeah. like? Yeah, I mean, I was – everybody was just lost their goddamn minds, um, just screaming and jumping and – a lot of bro hugs and yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, you couldn't tell there. You know, you knew it was loud, but then hearing it on TV, it's just it's crazy. I, I think it's the biggest pop in Raw history. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then a, as Rock is just starting to stand up, <laughs> a chair to the head of Rock, Stone Brutal. Cold slides mankind on top of the Rock into the one, two. Three to an absolute eruption, and I'm telling you, I can't watch this match without getting chills. I can't imagine what it would have like been in that crowd, Evan. Yeah, I just realized you know there's two massive pops. Obviously, the Austin uh, surprise, and then the, the actual fact that he won because I, you know, I, I don't know if people thought he was actually gonna you know get the three count. So two two iconic you know reactions within a two-minute span, so pretty cool. Absolute chaos everywhere. The Corporation, DX, Stone Cold. Um, Michael Cole on the call. Uh, I, You know, he's not Jim Ross, but I thought he did a hell of a job on the call. Mm. He's been known as I, – I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. He's been known as Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack, but tonight he is champion, and I, I thought that was great. Uh, Road Dog on the announce as well. Uh, our boy, Road Dog, <laughs> one of the funniest men ever. Yes. Cassio kid. I mean, the comedic timing, unbelievable. But again, him on the him on the call announcing Mick Fol- uh, mankind is champion. Then mankind on the microphone, uh, dedicated to his kids at home. Big Daddy, you did it. <laughs> How funny Real is moment. he? Has a job squad. He has a job squad shirt on underneath his button up <laughs> shirt. He's got the job squad shirt on. That was the best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one more question for you, uh, Evan. We'll let you roll, okay? Yeah, all good, man. This is from Mike Bober. I know you met him at Top Guy Weekend. Yes. And he just wanted your opinion on this match. He says, if Tony doesn't give away the results, do you think Raw would have gotten the boost it did? 
Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, the reason I'm hesitating because I I didn't know the fact the thing the tidbit you just had mentioned earlier that they gave away it on um, their own website. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think what transpired with Austin's return and that crowd and Foley winning. I mean, I, I think no matter what had happened whether it was spoiled or not, I mean, how could that not have made a massive impact on the, on the Monday Night Wars? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, anything else for Evan? No, I got one question. I know you were heavily involved with the Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. Um, how, how, how involved were you? Like, did you get to go over, like, the ending? Did you have any... I mean, how much did you get to be a part of the whole Ric Flair's last match? Uh, yeah, so I was uh, – so I, I didn't have anything to do with the, the um, you know, the layout of the matches or the finishes or anything of that. It was more – I was more of in a promotional marketing social media role of, you know, we did all those video packages and vignettes and the lead-up to it. So just – what's cool is – I don't think we we spent one penny on marketing dollars to advertise that card. Everything was done through the podcast and through social media, which is really cool. So the um, so to answer your question, it was a was a part of the team that you know helped promote it and market it and uh, blast it out everywhere on social, but had nothing to do with the um, the the card or the finishes. I did I was able to sit in on the the booking meeting that that afternoon or the day before that was led by road dog and um some other folks so that was really cool just being a fly on the wall of how that all came to be of of what a booking meeting looks like and going down the show rundown and all the pieces that come together for it it was it was an education for sure and if you could pick one person like say you if there, if there was Say, Evan, pick one person that you could do their last match, you know, like you could book it or just like for Ric Flair. Who would that one person be that you would like to see have their last match or one more match? Uh, well, I'm happy. Side note, I'm happy to see after Top Guy Weekend that our boy Lash LaRue is getting back in the ring. Yeah, um, I saw yeah. that. Oh, yeah. So once you, you might have seen the video we posted online, but yeah, once everybody cleared out on Sunday, he, he spent probably 45 minutes in the ring. So first he was taking bumps, running the ropes, and then uh, the Tiger Kid got in the ring and they legit had a full-on pseudo-match. So, um, so yeah, that was super cool to, to see that he's getting back in it. I knew it wouldn't be wouldn't be long after he got in the ring. You could tell he got the itch again. Um, <laughs> let me think. Uh, yeah, like I don't I – don't, have any interest in seeing Goldberg, but it sounds like he's doing a another retirement tour or whatever. Um, yeah, Hulk's not not getting back in the ring. Um, maybe a Sting or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, in a I guess in a perfect world, we'd love to see that that Sting Undertaker match, but it'd probably have to be like a cinematic deal because those two actually wrestling would probably be the shits um at this point i, I got an idea for you what about yeah. dustin Rhodes? yeah i'd like to see i'd like to see something special with him happen um and i think conrad could have you know 
that that's actually a great one because if there's somebody that um, you know, I think Conrad could put his marketing engine behind with the whole NWA legacy or Jim Crockett promotions. I think that could be really special. Um, obviously, nobody's nobody's to the name of Ric Flair, so it'd be tough to top that. But um, yeah, I think I think Dustin deserves his due as whenever he decides to hang him up. So great great call on that. He's currently on his uh, last uh, last year tour as well, so that's why I, that name came to my head. So is he? So his contract's up in the in a year or whatever with AEW. I believe so. Got it. But got it. Um, I saw a question scroll through, but I forget what it was now. Waterloo. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm still not ruling it out. I really want to be there uh, in Waterloo for Conrad's Hall of Fame introduction, induction, sorry. Uh, we have a big family reunion here next weekend, so it's probably not going to happen, unfortunately, but I will be at StarCast in Chicago um, as my next venture. So hopefully some of you guys or some of the folks listening will, will be there. should be a fun weekend. Well, thanks uh, for coming on, Evan. Uh, Evan Polisher, the man behind the man at uh... – <laughs> everything ad free we we appreciate you we always appreciate the time you give us anytime i have a question you're right on it um i try not to ask too many <laughs> but uh when wow. i do though it's like within an hour i have an answer so yeah i mean uh, that's what I'm, know we all, all appreciate you that's what i'm here for and i appreciate you guys and appreciate the continued support and just yeah you're our biggest um you're our biggest brand ambassadors just letting folks know you know, the, we could we could tell folks, all right, this is cool. You should join. But the fact that they hear it from other from other folks like them or other fans, you know, that that goes a, a long, long way. So um, I say it a lot, but can't thank you guys enough for the support and um, yeah, being brand ambassadors of of what we're doing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Evan. Awesome. Cool guys. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you thinking of me. And um, yeah, this was fun. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You have a good one, Evan. Thank you very much. Thank you, Evan. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Evan. See ya. See ya. I'm going to add that on my resume. Brand ambassador for AFS. Right, for real. That does sound good. Yeah, I like that. That was fine. The man. That's a good call on the Dustin Rhodes, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's. Let's do seven topics and call it a day, huh? That's why we're live. Well, <laughs> I guess, Brad, what you got for us this week? God, you guys haven't heard enough from me yet? Jesus. <laughs> uh, right, a couple of things I had. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit of ranting, but not too much. Uh, a positive note, I wanted to say that uh, it was my parents' 50th anniversary we got to celebrate for that, you know, a couple months ago. We didn't know if we were getting there. And um, my dad went through, uh, you know, heart open heart surgery emergency. And, well, he he got there and he's doing good. Um, kicked out, baby. Kicked out. He definitely kicked out. So uh, it was great to celebrate with them and my sister and brother-in-law and my, my wife and my, my whole family were there. And uh, just great. It was a great moment. Um, I want to also talk about that. You know what? Here it is. The echoes back, James. <laughs> What is what is what is going on back there, Bryant? That this happens when you come on the show. <laughs> anyway, just a little rant on the on the fly there. Um, so why is I my have... picture? Why is my picture on his screen? 
Would y'all steal my wrestling picture? <laughs> they have a close call at the, uh, you know, we have an easy pass. And in Pennsylvania, it doesn't matter if you have an easy pass or not. Okay. It just says, keep moving, keep moving through these, uh, through the, uh, the toll stations you don't got to pay they'll send you a bill later just keep moving so i'm very used to that just keep moving well guess what in ohio yeah one of those things comes up for you so i'm going like 40 miles an hour through this thing and i slam on my brakes and i am telling you it was that close to me just busting through the bar i'm like yeah i guess in ohio uh, they don't trust anyone so yeah look out in ohio if you're used to keep moving uh, when we got back from the vacation, I take my dog out. First thing I do, a dog was loose in the neighborhood, bit my wife and bit me. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, Your own dog? Uh, it was a golden retriever, by, of all things, biting us. No, no skin broken, but I, I did send you guys a picture of my shorts with the hole in it. I'm still wearing them, by the way. Uh, also, uh, not much ranting this week, but I do want to talk, uh, give a big congratulations to Alex Kane. I know it's well past uh, when it happened now. Alex Kane, a uh, friend of the show, was on the show, won the MLW Heavyweight Championship, in, and he tapped out Alexander Hammerstone, which was really something uh, to see. Uh, the whole introduction, if you haven't watched it on Fight Plus, it is on there. For him coming out to the Bomae, it it was really, and I know it was just a small venue, but man, it was a, it was a moment. It was a big, big moment, and that place willed it into like they wanted it. They wanted it. Alexander Hammerstone is not a heel by any means, but he had to start playing heel because nobody wanted anything to do with him retaining that championship. So again, congratulations to Alex Kane winning that championship, and also uh, very nice to meet Mr. Thomas. Talked to him for twenty minutes. Funny story. Um, I'm I just saw him as soon as I got there. He stands out, and he calls me over, which is cool. And we're talking for like 20 minutes. Like I said, my son's there. And there was, I didn't even realize there's a line forming behind me. My son tells me this after the fact that people were waiting to talk to him. I didn't get a picture with him. I didn't get an autograph. We were just talking like friends. And just to bring this back to Evan Polisher, if, if this ad free shows doesn't happen, I'm not doing stuff like that. Okay. That this show was created based on ad free shows. Cause we all met and I'm just talking to a wrestler as friends, we're not. I'm not there to get an autograph. I'm not there to get a picture. We're just talking. And here is this line behind me, and my son's getting tapped on the shoulder. Like, is he done yet? <laughs> no, I didn't know anybody was waiting. But uh, great, Mr. Thomas, great guy. He's exactly the same there as he is on the show. The way he talks, he's just people watches and just makes comments. That's what he does. So uh, that's it for me. Uh, back to you, James. All right. Well. Uh... Guess let's keep this train moving. Mike, what you got for us this week? <laughs> this is way out of order. <laughs> yeah, we've done worse. Yeah, we have. Episode one. <laughs> Two and maybe three. Mike's muted. Okay, there we go. I got it. All right. So I played a game with you guys about that stupid criminal thing. And this week I want to try something else. I w- I've been watching a show called Alone. Where they drop you off on an island, you have to survive for however long. So I was thinking, if you're stranded on an island and you had three wrestling people, they don't have to be wrestlers, but they can be announcers, producers, whatever it is. What three people would you pick to be on the island with you? Hmm. That's a good one. Is my wife's not there, right? No. (laughs) You're in there. Oh, wow. Well, are we picking them because they're going to help us survive, or are we picking them for just purely entertainment? 
Whatever you're gonna do. Okay. You pick. You guys are you're on a big old plane with every wrestler there is, and it crashes, and you four are the ones that survive on this island. So that's who you got. All right. I got you. Uh, I got you too. Um, go ahead. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Devin. Let me start. I uh, so my first pick that I would go with is uh the stalker. You remember that gimmick back in the '90s? So I would I would take the stalker. He's a hunter or fisher. He'll he'll be the food supplier for us. Then I think I'm a I'm a pick road dog Jesse James. I said his name earlier, but he's a entertaining guy. He's gonna keep us all laughing. Keep keep the good times rolling on there. Then I think uh, for my final pick, I'll go with uh, his former tag team, his former teammate, Jeff Jarrett. He'll bring a guitar. We'll all have a good time. Sit around a fire and eat the stalker's fish that he caught us. Yeah. All right. Nice. Uh, come on, Adam. You got to beat me to <laughs> this, uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm getting blown <laughs> up on a call, so I want to answer this and step off for a second. Oh, here we but, go. Um, well, no, well, that's a buddy of mine. He says, emergency, can you answer? So I put him, I set him to the side just so I could chat with you guys. But um, no, I picked The Undertaker because he's got a ton of stories. Um, Probably Edge because I just, he, he played Vikings, you know, Viking show. So I think he'd be all right. And Randy Orton just because I like Randy Orton. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, and then I want to have the Jim Ross to call all the action. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you're the one that's going to have to supply all the food. What was I plowing? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, whatever happens, happens. After the first day, I don't care. I watched well, that Total Bella show. Sometimes. I watched that Total Bella show, and they're not too handy with a fishing pole. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm good there. <laughs> Go ahead, James. Uh, let's see. I know I'm going to pick Undertaker because uh, he stared down a shark, <laughs> you know, here recently. So uh, he ain't afraid of no shit. So I would take him for sure. Uh, Michael Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I feel like he would uh, be. He's always like moving. His brain's always like ticking, you know. So he'd figure out survival stuff and how to how to go. Uh, let's see. Got the tough guy. Got the thinking guy. Hmm. Ah, a third one. Oh, this sucks. Uh, Vince. I'll take Vince McMahon as the third guy, cause uh, he's a little. Little brain, little brawn, you know, and plus he'd probably have a cell phone that would still work. <laughs> and that, you know, so maybe he gets somebody to rescue us. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think if I would do it, I would choose Eric Bischoff because he seems like somebody that can survive out there. I would choose Alexa Bliss because it's Alexa Bliss and why not? And then I would choose Vince Russo. Because the entertainment that I would get from Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo fight in and out, and then after they're done beating the hell out of each other, it's just me and Alexa Bliss. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, do, you, do, you guys, do you guys mind if I go ahead and jump in? Because my buddy had a call, Rick, and he needs a ride. All right, bud. Damn. Like, yeah, I mean, he rear-ended somebody. I mean, he's all right. Everybody's okay. But he's stranded out about 20 minutes away. Damn. I know that's his only way of going, so. 
He's actually my buddy that helped me move my mom and them in a new house. So I feel like I'm, I'm kind of obligated to help him out because he helped me up. Of course. Yeah. You're good. Um, Anytime you need to help a friend in need. But first, look, I know I showed you guys, but I got a kick-out crew championship belt, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I finally get to talk about it because it's been two weeks since I've had it. <laughs> this little mini belt I got from a place called Trophy Smack. I don't know if you can see the emblem on the back or not, but. Shout out. It turned out pretty good, man. Not too bad. You know what that means? What a bullshit way of getting out of the pocket. That's the real cockamania. Mm. You know what, Brad? I'm yeah. sorry, buddy. That don't matter. I'm going to talk to you when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the KOC heavyweight champion of the world, Adam then, from um, Bama. Yeah, I know. Then I get to referee my own match. <laughs> Even better. But um, now um, getting getting the actual. When I went last weekend, I got to talk to a couple of people. There was a, a woman that was referee. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. She drove all the way to Alabama to uh, be a part of the show. There's another guy from Georgia I got to meet, and I just sat back and just talked with them. And man, just the little intricate stuff that they talk about that they've done that I had that never even crossed my mind. Just little tidbits of stuff. I mean, just being back there talking to the guys, uh, just, just being a part of it again, just like Evan talked about with last getting that itch again. I know that feeling, man, because that's what happened. I wanted to, and I thank Amy for kind of putting it out there. She said, you need to start refereeing, and then she kind of put it out in the atmosphere. And then Top Gun Weekend didn't help. <laughs> so I got I got my bag, um, I got my shoes, my pants, I got my new ref shirt again. And then hopefully this Saturday I'll get to do a little bit in ring stuff. So if that happens, I'll definitely keep y'all up to date on it. There we go. Can't wait. And then I'm gonna throw y'all a couple of jokes real quick. All right. Waka waka waka. So why did the coffee file a police report? Because he got what? mugged. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, didn't know where that one was going. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Alright, so I was going to tell you guys a joke about time travel, but y'all really didn't like it. <laughs> I don't get, get it. Because I went, I time traveled and told y'all I... ahead of time and you didn't like it, so I didn't tell y'all the joke. <laughs> uh, Jesus, uh. Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it either. <laughs> Jeez. Did you hear about the guy that got hit in the head? With a can of soda? He's okay, because luckily it was a soft drink. Hey-oh! Hey! Uh, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> and then the last one is, did you hear about that restaurant on the moon? It has great food, but no atmosphere. Man, I really thought it was going to be about cheese again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to throw them out there real quick, man. Let me go help my buddy out. But um, great, like I said earlier, great show last week, guys. I'm sorry I missed it. And hopefully I won't miss too many more like that because most of the stuff I do is on Saturday or Sunday. So hopefully I have my hope my have our recording days open for y'all. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. But all right, oh, yeah. hey, hey guys, y'all have a good one, Brian. Behind the scenes, thank you for everything, brother. Hope everything's okay, Adam. And then there were and four. Then there were four. <laughs> and then there were four. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I'm done. 
And then there were four. <laughs> that's four. All right, guys, I got to get going. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, next? This thing's do all. Do we have out of any order. other listener questions? I guess we can rattle out. No, that was it. That was it. Right on. Right. Well, yeah. Devin, looks like you're up. All right, so it will be about eleven days from now, or eleven days in the past. Now we had GCW Forever at GCW Forever. We saw Matt Cardona come out dressed, mimicking the Undertaker. Dressed as Rider Taker. He had Steph Delander with him. She was mimicking Paul Bear. They had a whole gimmick. I, I thought it was pretty fun, pretty entertaining. I would just like to ask you guys what are some of your favorite times in wrestling that we've seen wrestlers imitate other wrestlers? Oh, what about when Big So did like Hulk Hogan and all that? <laughs> that was one of the first ones that came to my mind. Yeah, he, he had that whole gimmick. People. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that was great. He was coming out as Rikishi. And <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought all that stuff was cool. I mean, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan of – it wasn't really exact, but Damian Mizdow. Oh, yeah. That was pretty I, neat. I, I love that. I, I <laughs> They blew it, man. That guy had charisma. He's just, I know it wasn't exactly him coming out as him, but he was he was pretty spot on with everything he was doing. So I was, that was my thing. I love that. I like that too when he's copying the Miz. Mm-hmm. What about you, well, James? Black Machismo. There you go. That's a great one. Jay Lethal copying Macho Man Randy Savage. Not copying, but. Huh. What else? I definitely think that's great. When Undertaker acted like he was Kane and then took the mask off and it was Taker. Yeah, that was cool. Didn't the B team come out as a. Uh... You, Devin, you were watching then, right? The B team? Didn't he come out as like Hulk Hogan and uh, somebody else? I, I know uh, Curtis <laughs> Axel. He was yeah. imitating Hulk Hogan for a little yeah, while. He did it they with Axel Mania. Guys, they, they tried really hard with poor Axel, but uh, <laughs> just didn't quite make it. But I, I liked uh, some of the stuff he did. You know, <laughs> I thought that was fun. Some of uh, there's obviously a few from back in the, like the '90s when uh, the NWO was imitating the Four Horsemen. Yeah, DX did um, Nation Domination. Yeah, that's another fun one. Yeah. Didn't uh, didn't Shawn Michaels and didn't Shawn Michaels uh, pretend to be Vin- or Shane McMahon like bopping around a little bit? Yeah, like, that's yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Triple <laughs> H was Vince, and yeah, Triple H was Vince. That was pretty good, and it was just him like walk- moving around the ring though, like he's a boxer. Uh, yeah, realize he did it until. Michael's made fun of it. And how about <laughs> recently? What you said? What, did you say MJF? No, no one's no, even MJF mentioned that one. Was trying to basically doing everything Adam Cole was doing. Oh was yeah, yeah. Shit, man. Boom. <laughs> Slapping everybody's hand. He had it down. He had it down pat. <laughs> Freaking guy. All right, good job, Devin. Huh, you. I thought it was a fun topic. It it's kind of recent with uh. Rider Taker in GCW. <laughs> that same pay per view they announced Slash LaRue's wrestling he, return. He did that because the, um, the Blue Cane dude, right? Yeah, that the he came down immediately, started cutting a promo on Blue Cane, who's yeah. another one that's kind of imitating Kane, the original Kane. So, oh, 
fun time in wrestling right now. But that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> Back to you, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, so what are we doing? We can do. Um, we have the spirit of. Um, I guess we're not doing as an in-ring performer again. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that's probably why he left. Damn, baby. Uh, spirit of, and then we have Devin's demo. <laughs> he just talked. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, I, I do want to thank Evan for being on. And uh, the spirit of ad free shows could be, uh, you know, I just like the community aspect of it, like he was talking about. Because, uh, you know, some of us, Obviously, went through some tough times at some point. Maybe use the podcast to escape. And, uh, like, one thing I like about the community of ad-free shows is uh, maybe, like, paying it forward type of thing. Like, when new people join in or something like that, maybe we can help them out. Like, ad-free shows has helped us out, you know, and keep that, like, chain going. Maybe some people go through tough times and they sign up looking for friends. And here we are, you know, just shit like that. So I think the uh, the community aspect of it is what I like. Uh, you know, that would be the spirit of Ed Free Shows in a nutshell. I want to comment on that. Um, yeah. Whether you especially, James, you've um, done these zooms for I don't know almost two years, and yeah. you're always you're always welcoming in anybody, and you're meeting them, and you're becoming friends with them, and and then and, and you're introducing them to the community, and I always uh, commend you for that because. It is. Uh, it was always a good thing. Really a good thing that you've always paid it forward with that. Yeah. yeah. Reason, reason why I became the top guy. Yeah, You're maybe, definitely uh, uh, an AFS brand ambassador, even if you didn't know it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like, you know, because I was going through some tough times when I first signed up for every shows and it helped me. So maybe there's somebody else that could be helped, you know, and you always want to welcome people in because the more the merrier type of thing, I feel. Yeah, I was self-made, but uh, shout out Aaron Sheen. Yeah, shout out. Newest member, newest top guy. Newest top guy. Uh, always welcoming new people in the community is a great thing, for sure. Well, you never know, like, you know, like, what's your story type of thing? Like, you know, what brought you here? What's happening in your life? What do you do? You know, shit like that. Everybody's a stranger until you meet them, you know? <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so. I was about to say maybe somebody should have talked there. That's your line, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we swing it back for a demographic. Hey, Devin, bring it. All right. So my Devin's demographic of the week is shout out to my former teammate, former classmate, Connor Fenlong, who just got signed to the Kansas City Royals to be a pitcher for them. I've uh, I've only known one other person who's got to play in the major league, in the major leagues. So uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, he was always one of the top athletes in school, whatever sport, and he just got drafted to the freaking major league baseball. That's well, he didn't get drafted; he got signed immediately after the draft. But I'm proud of him. Good for him. Do you guys know anyone else that uh, you guys close or know anyone that's been in major leagues or made it professional anywhere? I was a little young. Um, Andre Coleman played at my high school, and he ended up playing for the San Diego, San, uh, the San Diego team, and uh, that was pretty cool. We won the state. Ch- I was in eighth grade when he was a senior, um, and we won the state championships that year, Hickory High School, and 
That, that's but I mean, he was more of like come to our class and like, hey, what's up, man? Like we were kids, but <laughs> as far as professionals, uh, no, that's about as close as I got. <laughs> it's yeah. still cool. I got yeah. um, he's going. He's in Georgia now, uh, playing for them. Uh, Gunnar Stockton. He played for the high school here. He was their quarterback two years ago, and then he got drafted to Georgia. So that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know him, but he just from your town. Yeah, dude, the grade below me played at OU defensive end. I think he got drafted by the Browns, but I don't know. You know, I know he went to like the Canadian League for a little bit and stuff like that, but got drafted. Hell yeah! <laughs> no, that, that's cool. That's uh, just shout out to Connor Fenlong for my Devin's demographic of the week. <clears throat> shout out. Love it. Yeah. And what better way to watch sports than with some food, huh? So, Mike, what you got uh, this week? Today, I got some grilled honey mustard chicken. So, what you want to get is get some whole grain mustard. You can, or you can get, oh, look, you already got up there. You can uh, get some coarse ground mustard or stone ground mustard if you can't find it. You need some honey, lemon, some a garlic clove, smashed or diced. Are minced, paprika, salt, cayenne pepper, red pepper flakes, and of course, chicken. <laughs> Greenings is up there. If you want to, sweetness is the perfect balance to the other flavors. On lemon, yeah. the hint of the fresh, tangy lemon is that surprising flavor that makes this chicken stand out. <laughs> That's right. It's up there. Paprika I'm just adds great not. color. Yeah, paprika for color. <laughs> right on. And, of course, you want to whisk everything together, um, split your sauce, take out about four teaspoons of the sauce, then pour everything else on the chicken, cover it, and let it sit for about 30, 45 minutes until it gets to room temperature. You want to grill your chicken, um, and then take it off and serve it. You know what's funny, Mike? I think what Devin was doing there, I think he was trying to point – at the ingredients, right? Yeah. So now I'm not sure how it looks on your screen, he's but on my screen, he's pointing. He's pointing at his action figures. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, like, I don't know. No, the camera's all switched. Then. <laughs> yeah. <know>. That, <laughs> so like, what do these guys have to do with this chicken? And it just took me a minute. Well, because Sammy <laughs> is a chicken. Sammy, chicken and pointing to Sammy. So <laughs> perfect. That was good. Good job, Mike. You're welcome. So back to you, James. <laughs> I All <talk>. right. <laughs> well, what an episode, huh? <laughs> Are we uh, done for the day? <laughs> oh, Mike's going to talk about next week. Oh, oh yeah. well, hey, Mike, what do we have next week? Yeah, I talked about this one. Well, next week we're going to go – to a before they were stars. So what are we going to do? We're going to do John Cena versus Randy Orton. <laughs> However, we're going to do at OVW, January 19th, 2002. Our next one, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We have The Undertaker versus The Unabomb. That took place August 4th, 1995. Who's your Unabom- birthday? I probably could have asked you this off air, Mike. Do you know how long these matches are? Uh, they're only like five or ten minutes, something like that. You want to do a watch along style? 
Because uh, they're on YouTube, right? Yeah. Hi. Shout Love out. Love making decisions on air, right? Let's do it. So, so tune in next week for I'm your watch along. With the Undertaker. And there we go. We're having a watch along version of the kickout crew. Well, we can do it because it's on YouTube. That's the only reason I say it. That works. Yeah. And that's what we got next week. Thank <laughs> you, James. Right on. <laughs> well, can't wait for that. Sounds like it's going to be fun. Uh, if you want to uh, rant about some stuff, boy, howdy. That would be something Brad could help you with at Yes Man Brad. If you want to know what it's like to be an in-ring performer, uh, well, that would be something that Adam could help you with. Waka, waka, waka. Uh, Adam underscore from underscore Bama. Uh, if Devin, you know, you got some demographic stuff, what are, what's everybody watching these days? That would be at Devin D19. If you got some food, you know, you want something on your show, your recipe, then you can hit up Whitaker, you know, uh, Whitaker1028. And uh, Bryant, shout out. <laughs> you know, you can jump on and say something if you want to. Bryant Haremza, the man to take the last ever photo of Vince McMahon on television. Why am I included in this again? I, I, just... I don't know. This is your show. That's what I'm always told. It's your show. You no, your it's, show. It's that name right there on the bottom. Producer. <laughs> yes. And I take that with pride as I showed up late, as always. So It's all good. It's all right. It worked out perfect. Not really. I was messing around with it, and I screwed it all up. <laughs> it's fun to learn, right? I mean, learn That's on right. the fly here. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, so I, sometimes you have to learn on the fly to just what? <laughs> say waka 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 or something like that. I don't know. I should have. Yeah. I should have. <laughs> Speaking That's of jokes, <laughs> the ending of this is always a joke. But yeah, hey, you know, sometimes you got to shuffle things around. Things may not work out as they uh, always seem. Sometimes, who knows, it may work out for the better in the future. But there won't be a future unless you kick out it too. Because life bends you down, you just throw that shoulder and you kick out it too. Because that's what we do on your show, Kickout Crew. Want to thank Evan uh, for you know spending some time with us. Want to thank all you guys for joining us. And uh, hey, we'll see you next week before they were famous. <laughs>